Okay, it's nine o'clock. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> so, um, welcome everybody to our book club. Kara, uh, Ash, and the rest of the peninsula has no electricity. So we're at <laughs> yeah, we're at the Shaman Shack with our generator, and that's why we can connect. But it might go away at any moment. <laughs> so if that happens, apologies. Um, I thought we could keep this um, quick, light, and short, sweet and sh short. Um, I just wanted to let everybody know that that's happening. Um, but yeah, let's discuss the book as you know, best we can without our fabulous facilitator. <laughs> and see where we get to, okay? Yeah, so Larry's going to check the forum for the points that we brought up. I think Kara left a list there for us to look at as well. Well, she has been for the past few weeks, so I'm hoping she did for this week too. And um, yes, chapter four, right? And I'm hoping that I'll be able to upload this I'll probably have to go to the rest to do it because it takes several days to upload anything from the Shaman Shack. But who would have known? We have electricity and we're able to connect. So, um, do you see some of the points that you wanted to talk about? Mm. Okay, let's go for it. Oh, look at everything. Um, yeah. Um, I don't think there. Carrie usually puts in a list, but I don't. I can't find it. Okay, Theodora has questions, so let's do Theodora's questions. Yay! <laughs> In the, beginning hey, of the Hi. In the beginning of chapter 82 or 202, Gabriel says the energy of separation was such that the disconnect between person and land, environment and other people is mostly readily found in a person as a big sense of abandonment, not belonging and homesickness for a home that never ex existed. And the thing, the question is, I was wondering if we could expand on tools that can be used to minimize this disconnection. Yes, ET Phone Home is a lecture that I did and that will help you tremendously to uh, deal with this and with these things. And also the the exercises we're doing the first these two weeks, they connect with Gaia and then next week we're going to be doing Big Gaia and those will connect you big time to the planet. It's going to be awesome. Um, okay, page 92, then it came, it was very first, faint at first, but it got louder, it was not words, but full viewpoints, almost like being inside several hundred holographic televisions at once, and being each and every one of those people in those shows at the same time, I closed my eyes and covered my ears, but this only made it louder. I was wondering, did this describe how one would feel the human collective if there was no separation at all? Um, no, it's not so much feeling it, but it's more to do with hearing it, hearing every thought, every voice, every conversation. Um, at an emotional level, yes, it, could. it doesn't 
when you connect with the exercise that we did for the connection uh, where we go and become the entire human collective um, is that available on work with me now the one that we did at the last event i'm not sure if that one's available yeah i'm pretty sure we've done that though um it's like you do hear it like at least i do when i connect to the entire human collective i hear it right but it, the, 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 the noise level is lower because when I was a teenager, somebody taught me to use this lever exercise where you just lower the volume or raise it if you need to. And also you can attach or you can pay attention to different frequencies or groups of thoughts within the human collective, if you so wish. Isn't that the tuning of the human collective meditation? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But yeah, the 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 thing about before the humans got disconnected is that they had the skills and capacities to turn on the volume on and off, you know. We've lost that capacity because we don't hear anything anymore. Or maybe we turned it all the way down. So it for the people that live there, it's not uncomfortable to be one with the human collective and connected with everything. But for us, it is uncomfortable when you first step into it, right? When you first step in and then you figure it out. <laughs> and... Um, oh, the reservation, entering this reservation. Uh, I suppose, um, I don't, I can understand if those are questions because it just comments behind the, I don't know if they're questions or not. So, Anybody want to start the discussion of the other things? E.T. from home, I know it. <laughs> well, you know, I, I had a, um, I wondered like when I read the part about um, you going to that quiet place and this is when and where um, the separation happened or whatever. And I'm like, okay, so then we immediately went to words and I thought, okay, if we were, that taken aback by, oh my gosh, you know, I'm separated. It's, you know, where is everybody? Why didn't we just reconnect the same way that we uh, were before the separation? Why did we use alternate means, words and religion and all that? Why not just go right back to what we just left? It was like, it's kind of like walking out the door and going, oh, it's cold out here. And then going back in the same door, you know, why didn't we do that? Because it was a human collective decision to experience separation. And it didn't happen overnight. It happened through probably a few hundred years and it very, very slowly, very slowly. So for example, there was this um, um, shaman that was out of body in the res a few years back. And he was, you know, going, like that, right? And I'm like, why are you doing that, right? And then, shh, shh, shh. so he was, he said, well, it's like, um, 
people can't hear anymore. They can't hear Gaia or the trees or the fish or the whales or anything or even each other so he would sit really quietly trying to try and hear it and then when he'd hear something he would voice it to amplify it until it made sense right like testing the, the vibration oh yeah 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 oh yeah that's a one you know wow. <laughs> and and he said it's, it's certain lineages like the call shaman these days can hear better they're not fully disconnected and um that's why they they yeah they can connect and hear and see and perceive and uh, have that knowledge right mm-hmm. and that experience um but as as time went by from this time that the disconnect happened as time went by it got harder and harder for people to hear but it was in a slow way it wasn't like overnight Right. So, and then it was normal for a person to not hear anything because they grew, they were born that way. And they never knew that people could hear. Right. And they knew that some other, some special people, special people could hear. So they'd go to them to get guidance on things. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it happened. As far as I can perceive it. (laughs) Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, I guess we're done then. <laughs> so I have, yeah, I have a question. question. Oh, good, good. Who said that? <laughs> you go, Melina. Okay. One of the questions is, are we moving or is our environment moving and we stand still? And then the answer is what? Yes. This or that? Yes. <laughs> Both? Just one of them? It depends very much whether you're the table or you're the person. Oh, okay. Because your awareness can move to anything, basically. Mm. Yeah, but also... It's like we see physical, the physical universe moving around us or changing around us. And we clock that in our heads as time. Mm. So, but it isn't really. So what do you, do you stop time now? You stop movement. Mm. If you stop movement, then it's the same as there's no time, you know, there's no, there's no time kind of thing (laughs) and then you can as your perception and as a singular being you can move around and stuff um he said there was some sort of um bubble you know that i was within right so i could breathe and talk and do all the things and see but as soon as i tried to do it without that it was everything just collapsed because our brains are not geared, not trained, not used to the other. Mm. So would we say that then our souls function outside of linear time and it's the physical bodies that function only or healthily in a healthy way so far within linear time? Yep, yep. 
So for like, if you um, teleport your body, if you physically teleport to somewhere other dimension, can that still apply? Like, you know, or your body adjust? I haven't really teleported to a different dimension, so I couldn't really say from personal experience. <laughs> Right, like with a physical body movement uh, to a different dimension. Um, so, you know, the is there time involved? Is that the the point you were making, or I was just thinking about um, like where does that apply? Like, you know, like. Or the physicality have those limitations only, or it can be possible to have, I don't know, like other entities come in play in this reality. Can we come in, in another reality mm. as a physicality with oh. our physical body? Right. So our physical bodies are very limited because they need oxygen and, you know, they need all these things, gravity to be able to function properly. So in that way, they're kind of limited. So you can't go to a gaseous, sulfuric uh, planet because your body will die, right? Physical body will die. Um, but you can go to different locations that are compatible. You know, you can go to a different country, you know? But <laughs> physical bodies do not like to be, be what's that? Dematerialized, the, the, the they don't like that. Physical bodies don't like that at all. So you have to mm -hmm. overcome that fear too. But yes, yeah, it's, it's one of those questions. I think, hmm, I think I'll teleport to Seville right now. And they go, whoa, well, am I wearing the right clothes? Is it, am I gonna get too hot or too cold? Is it raining? You know, <laughs> there's a lot of issues with the physical body immediately. So the different timelines being outside of linear time as well was another concept where I can just read what you said. I had not thought of timelines as being outside of linear time like that, as in the equality of our timeline before the separation and a different timeline where separation never happened being one and the same. Yeah. <laughs> Did you find it? I need some more context on that one. Oh, it's page 69. Okay. And you ask a question, it's where are we? And okay. he says, when are we? We are before the advent of religion or where religion was never invented. It's hard to pinpoint if it's <laughs> when or where as both exist simultaneously. Right. One might say that this is the timeline where humanity and its environment are still one or one could say it's your timeline at a point before the separation happened. Yeah, so it's really easy to explain that when you think that you split timelines when you make a big decision. Right. And before you make that big decision, you are in one timeline, do you see? So right, that right. decision there didn't happen, it stayed the same. So right. it could be that is, do you see? It could be the same as before or the oh, same. Okay. Yeah, because, because they they merge it's the same thing there's no right. it's, it okay, okay. Never, it never actually split there right okay it's like a fork that didn't start forking yet yes <laughs> <laughs> it never forked 
<laughs> okay, Laurie. <laughs> You're muted. Oh, there you go. Oh, there we go. Yeah, I was just curious about what is it, page 56? The religions one when we're talking about it being so powerful that it overrides um, Gabriel's connection to his charges. And then you guys were talking about, you were asking religions are alive, sentient. And it's just like, oh, so what do we do with that information? <laughs> what would you like to do with that information? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Interesting. Anybody else have any comments about that? By any chance? Yeah, that was pretty, pretty profound for me. Because I was like, and I read this part of the book like four or five times before I finally read it and finished it once because I was like waiting for the next book I didn't want I didn't want it to go away <laughs> so yeah and it's funny because every time it was like um whoa I mean so funny. every time whoa it blew me away but yeah and it actually makes total sense to me um the way Gabriel described it as like we're creators and so we created this thing uh, we manifest and then this thing that we create this religion then become sentient it just and it's like like our bodies you know i will do anything to survive including like you know live off of us and so i was like wow it it felt like yeah that makes sense mm -hmm. so um and then you know all the things that have happened with like through religion and you know you you it makes sense that we would be lied to i guess so so to speak so that we don't seek to um, connect ourselves. You know, you can't talk to God. You got to talk through me and all this. You know, just it stays in the middle. I'm, I'm needed. You know, you need me, so you can't get rid of me. And once we realize that we don't need religion or whatever, then what happens to it? Well, yeah, it's going to go away. It doesn't make sense. We don't need it. You know, we can speak directly with God ourselves as we are God. Um, so yeah, that was very, very profound. And I mean, every single time I stayed, I held on to that and went, that is so deep, but it's so cool because it took somebody else to say, hey, look over there, look, look, look. And then, <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I, that, was, that was interesting to say the nice. least. Nice, I love it. Cool, yeah. thank you. <laughs> it also reminds me of that movie, um, what was the name of the movie? I think it's a TV show about um, Merlin, a Merlin and some old religions and stuff. And the Merlin adapted the new religions. And and he was saying, everybody just turn away from your those gods because if you turn away and you refuse to believe in them, they'll vanish. And sure enough, they all started vanishing in front of them. Like, no, nah, we're dying. <laughs> <laughs> Aries, you were going to say something? Well, I think on the flip side of that, um, we think, oh, good, you know, that's gone. But um, in the Buddhist tradition, there's a Tara, you know, the healing, Sherab Chama. It's the same kind of being where this is female who um, has healing abilities that people, you know, there's a mantra and everything that goes with it. And I remember hearing from the Lama who was uh, teaching one of these, uh, you know, it's, it's, there's a whole practice around it where, you know, there's this golden light that comes in you and it actually, you, it's a method to heal yourself, mm -hmm. right? Which I thought was very interesting because they said that there is a real entity 
you know, this is a real entity out there that we created. Mm-hmm. I think it was we created or that existed, but somehow because there are people doing all this, uh, you know, um, practice healing for healing, right? This is like a Guanyin Tara or Sherb Chama, very lots of different names. Anyway, and I, I just thought that was interesting that you could call on this healing source. So we might create these kind of, um, uh, maybe not so healthy religions, but then there's also this other thing, mm-hmm. right, that you can use for for healing. Anyway, yep. just, just a comment on that. So. Yeah, and the healing is yeah, really interesting because a lot of the healing modalities, especially the older ones, they have so much uh, track record that they work. Yeah. You know, they work. They're quite fun of, because of so many people have used them through the ages. It's like they actually works <laughs> right anyway so maybe it can go both ways yeah okay yeah. Healthy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you were gonna say something yesterday um and then you were like no no, no i'm gonna keep it for the book club <laughs> <laughs> oh this morning yeah they have yeah oh yeah for me it was yesterday yeah. <laughs> yeah. does anybody remember what it was you didn't say <laughs> <laughs> you were like, no, 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 no! I'm gonna keep this for tomorrow. <laughs> what were you talking about at the time? Anybody remember? I think it was in response of Aaron's question. What was your question again, Aaron? I don't know. Uh-oh. I remember asking about the more <laughs> angels. It was yesterday for me. I, uh, uh, wow. You you were talking about what? There were more angels on the in Walk with Me Now. I remember that. Oh. Yeah, uh, but there was something more to it than that. Yeah, there was something else. Oh, yes, yes. Thank you. I remember. <laughs> okay. I remember. So, it's about the question of how does an angel incarnate into a human body? Oh. Right? Interesting. So, it's like, we talked a little bit about it last week, and it was like, when we looked at it, it was the angel becomes more subtle form and can then become a soul for the body, right? So we figured that one out. And then it was, can the architects become angels, right? And how does that happen? Or can a human soul, for example, become angelic for a while or forever? And how does that happen? Because if the angels have existed for always and their numbers don't change, right? Then how does, say, for example, an architect become an angel or vice versa? Can an angel become an architect? So from the perception of the numbers of angels don't change, but the numbers of humans change drastically every day, I'm thinking that the architects are not so much an original race, but something that different races have chosen to become. So through learning and practicing and evolution, certain souls have decided to become architects. That's how it felt. So can an angel become an architect? Because Gabriel says, well, we're not a creative species, right? But it's the creativity, the architect part, is that the creativity or not, right? And it feels like it isn't 
that an architect can indeed become creative, right? And be, uh, become a creator and somebody who incarnates, a soul that incarnates into a human body or several human bodies for many millennia will learn to manifest, manifest because the physical body has that emotional body that you need to manifest with. Angels have a massively powerful emotional body, but it's like, do they, as, as far as we could see, they don't create, they do other things with that energy body, that emotional body, they do other things. Um, so the architect part, it feels like, um, I was looking at how many people feel like an architect and a lot of the people who said, yes, they're angels. And you can tap in and say, yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're incarnated angel. They're also architects. So how did that come about? Right. And it feels like that, like the architect is something that a particular soul or person, physical body, elemental or whatever it is, decides to establish, you know, decides to do, become. So the, the, that was the bit that was I thought was really fascinating and interesting. Um, that plus the, um, it's an architect, a creator. And that's what you were talking about in the after party, uh, Milena, last time. Sorry, I couldn't quite hear you, Nicolette. Oh, sorry. No, I was, I, I said to Milena that that was what you were talking about in the after party last time. After the, <laughs> the after party. Time, the after party? Brilliant. Yeah, well, they were talking about that, whether angels could be art, create, art, architects or creators or not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if an uh, angel is forever, I mean, no, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> no, that's not what I want to ask. Okay. I guess, um, so if an angel incarnates as a human, right? Mm-hmm. But if you've been an architect before, don't you grab that information with you? I mean, don't now you are like, when you become again an angel, you have that uh, information with you? The All architect right. part, yeah. yeah. Oh, so the angels are also changing. <laughs> the architect, that's what I'm saying. There's many, it's not just humans who are architects. It feels like architect is something that you achieve right does it equate creator of universes i don't think so i don't think it equates creator of universes so what is the difference between architect and creator of yeah. universes i think the architect would design them right and then jump in and experience them and then some creators are can design their own, you know, it's like they're, they're architects of realities too. It's, I mean, the universe is so varied and huge. We can't, you know, like the, the trying to box them in different little boxes is really hard, you know, when it's, we're talking about infinite beings. Um, but from the conversations with Gabriel, they're, as a race, I suppose they're more interested in other things, while architects, to me, and human, 
And even if the fact that a soul became human is because they want to experience a new dimension and reality of limitations. And that in itself is like an explorer. Because to me, the main energy behind the why of human is the energy of explorer. Mm-hmm. Souls who want to experience solidity, right? And this type of dynamic interaction. Can I ask a question? So, uh, to paraphrase it, it would be something like angels for having incarnated uh, maybe as humans for such a long time. This would mean that they tapped into creating ability skills. That's what you were saying? Mm, I don't think creative ability skills, but as they can be or become architects. And maybe as maybe when they are incarnated as a human being, because you have an emotional body that is creative basis, creator basis on the human plane, on the physical plane, maybe you can actually do it while you're human. But I don't think that you can once you come out of human. And I don't know if that is specific to angels or all souls, because once you have a soul disincarnated, they can't affect your physical universe, right? I mean, some of them can move stuff, but they can't really, you know, create a company, for example, and or build a house, right? A soul can't build a house unless it's incarnated, that's what I'm saying. Yes, I was thinking about it also a bit the other way around when you said you went to the angel place in uh, the last chapter mm-hmm. and because you were there they were under the impression that you were eternal. So if a creator would decide to try and see how it feels to be an angel, would they have a, that type of glitch that makes them believe that oh this was an angel and it was eternal and it was here the the whole time i see what you mean that they don't go away because they're there eternally right so even if it became something else they would still be eternally felt within the angelic angelic uh, collective yeah yeah that's a really good theory we should totally explore it And other questions related, maybe related to that. When Gabriel say the linear time does not exist, mm-hmm. I mean, why are we experiencing it? I mean, why, it's your, why the it's your interpretation in your brain. It's in your brain. You're, it's a brain interpretation that linear time exists. So like this is not like we, we perceive it as a solid and linear, but it really is not. Right. Well, solid, yeah, is, we perceive it as linear, but it's not really linear. It is solid, <laughs> but it's not linear. Yeah, so I was wondering about that time thing also, like, uh, like um, tribal people or people who live in the jungle who do not have that kind of 
uh, who do not have clocks and internet or whatever, yeah, who live like uh, very much in tune with Gaia. And so they would already be a lot more outside time. Um, they have yeah. a different type of linear time for them. It comes out with the sun, it goes down with the sun, right? And the seasons, they still yeah, measure linear time. But it's not as severe as ours. Yeah, right. It's like when you when 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 you even when when you go outside and you tap into Gaia, you already feel how you go into a completely different space, and time sort of becomes different. Yes, right. Yeah. Yeah. And if you if you think about your cat or your dog, they're not looking at the clock and you know adding calendar entries for doing things during the day, you know. But if you have a set routine with them, they will totally expect you to give them their dinner at the same time every day and take them for right. a walk every day. And how <laughs> right. do they know? Right. But they know. They know. <laughs> but isn't it like linear time is still like um, is perceived through like aging, for example? That's movement or change in physical appearance, right? Uh -huh. is, is, isn't that like a track? It's a really loud noise. Mm. Beverly, can you mute yourself? There you go, thank you. All right. <laughs> Say that again, Ileana, I couldn't hear you. So it is like aging or the body's experience in linear time because you know, like it's time kind of recorder in our physicality yeah so we yeah. is that the experiencing of the time even yeah, if for, yeah. when i take off the aging thing isn't tweak right it's, it's totally illogical it shouldn't really happen but it, it was felt i think that it was felt that we could do that um aging thing because it accelerated the experiment so if you have a person who lives for three thousand years they still remember the time before the split the mm. light dark and all that type of stuff and it wouldn't work right so by making the lifetimes really short you accelerate the experiment really fast and you can experience several generations of experience and evolve evolution within that experiment very quickly but yeah it's like touched on and connected somehow to you know Linear time, which doesn't exist. <laughs> mm -hmm. so, but some people don't don't age, <laughs> or they don't age at the same rate. You know. So how do you explain that? Um, so that part, and also there is a. For example, if I said to you, "Okay, Ileana, prove to me that yesterday happened. Prove it to me." Recording. <laughs> the recording this morning <laughs> <laughs> well if, even if you had a recording that is playing in present time yeah that is playing in present time so how do you prove that it was actually it happened yesterday or that yesterday happened can you prove it to me not really no that's right and it's like we perceive movement through time through the also the stuff that doesn't change 
for example, the walls in your house don't move and your bed doesn't move. So that gives you the stability to move through the movement of time um, of your body, that physical awareness field too, through space, through things that don't move. Yeah. So I was just thinking in reference to time, time doesn't exist, the linear time. So if we took the concept of time away and just thought moment to moment or experience to experience, if that would have anything to do with our physicality, like we talked about the aging system, you know, it's part of our minds and time. But if it was just moment to moment, no thought of time, clocks, time, nothing. Just moment to moment. Would, we sh would that show up physically in our lives? Yeah, I think so. If you lived your life in present time, in present time, and had the experience of present time, it does. It does change your life. It changes. Even your aging process changes. Uh, your health changes your concept of reality changes as you stay within present time. Yeah, and souls do experience time completely different to physical bodies. Very, very differently. If you look at, you know, the, the exercise, you know, look and see what your fingers pointing at that perception, there is no time there. Do you feel any different as that perception viewpoint of in the universe today as you did when you were five years old? If you remove the personality, that viewpoint is the same. It hasn't changed an iota, right? <laughs> it's still the same. Yeah, well, that, that makes sense. It does. It does. If we just embrace the moment to moment. Mm -hmm. and that would, to me, it seems like that would just eradicate any health issues or, or in, any other issues. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that might put the co cosmetic industry out of business, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah right. so Thank you. So That's since funny. only on this call and on the forum, there are a bunch of angels, as it became, thanks to this book club, very apparent, is, is it just a cluster because that's what we're talking about here or there are really that many around it's a cluster of angels <laughs> a chorus of angels it's a chorus of angels. it's a blessing of angels it's a yeah when they decide to incarnate i'm assuming part of the reasons would be just to have a human experience or maybe a bunch of others, but do they still have a little bit of a customer support mechanic type of role still? Yeah, it's hard to drop that one. I haven't met an angel yet who doesn't go out of their way to help others. <laughs> yeah. So just embrace it and roll with it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mind you, don't become a martyr. Watch the martyr energies. Right, and the codependency, savior, victim energies, just watch for those, right? And you're good for helping, assisting, teaching, 
healing. All those are great for angels. What do you, what do you, um, on the last call, what was your experience, what happened when you read that piece of that chapter? Because for me, I felt when I was listening to that, that is actually when I sort of went like, <laughs> everything went haywire and I started crying and I cried for like 24 hours or something. I don't know. I just, every time I tapped into it, I was like walking my dog and I was like, don't think about it. Don't think about it. I was like, I don't want to be crying. You're like, don't think about it. I was like, no, no, no. It was like, it was like I couldn't control it. But I'm really curious as to what your experience was as to what happened. Like, did you go back to that experience with Gabriel and did we sort of tap into that? And then because of that, some space opened up that some awareness came in or like, I don't know, I was like trying to, what was your experience of what happened when you read that? Yes, and you're welcome. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what happened? Yes, yes. Remember the part where, I don't know if we read it yet, where um, when you want to tap into a time space, anchor point and stuff, you, you can just retell the story in yours. You can move there, right? You can experience it again. And so you experienced it again because you, you read it and then that space opened and we, because we were all, we were anyway already like, there were only two brain cells functioning. <laughs> the rest was already popped with all the conversation. <laughs> and then you are a very skilled storyteller. What can I tell you? <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> Everybody just got like shoo, sucked into that. Well, not sucked in, but went into. I mean, there was an opening. There was like some, yeah. 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 I never had something like that happen before. I don't think so. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> My ego did have a bit of a crisis, though. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I asked Nicolette in a message, and we were chatting if she was an angel, and she totally blew me off the first time. She pretended she never saw the question. <laughs> And then two days later, she came out. <laughs> Actually, I never officially came out, Milena. <laughs> okay, yeah, really? I just, okay. I just asked a lot of questions. I said a lot of things. <laughs> okay, in which case, you still haven't, all right. <laughs> I feel like somehow, somewhere, something inside of me was like, no, that's a line. Like, that's a line. <laughs> it was so funny on my ipad <laughs> yeah it's really funny um like we talked about earlier today too a lot of that is uh because we feel it's like the ego the, the other coin of the ego oh it's too special for it to be me you know yeah and, I read um, yeah so it's a lot of that too yeah the angel thing and putting it somewhere um yeah on a pedestal or something or like and uh, yeah a lot has to do with of the ideas that we have about angels and all because i mean thinking that i was an alien or I, I don't know all the other stuff was never an issue and then suddenly this was like an issue it's really weird 
<laughs> yeah, I would say it's very indicative of somebody who recognizes their soul family. Well, the ego certainly didn't want it. And it was like, no, no, that's too big of a reality shift. We can't handle that. What am I going to tell my mother? <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell my mother. <laughs> Mommy, I've always told you I was an angel. I was a good girl. I've always been an angel. I always told you about that. You didn't believe me, but it was true. <laughs> you say it and you just laugh after it and nobody takes you seriously and they just giggle with you and roll with it. Yeah, yeah, no, but I mean, that showed in what, what the ego's reaction was. That went, like, that blew up and that blew everything out of proportion because otherwise there wouldn't be an issue. Then you would just be like, oh, yeah, whatever, you know, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, so do they oh Larry we can't hear you at all I'm just sitting right here we're on a computer this time but yeah a lot of the book is demolishing that image of an angel what is an angel you know yeah and uh, the beings that are being expressed in their time time um, wigglers, I guess. <laughs> Time wigglers who are very interested in human realities that don't really do much creating. They're and that enjoy each other a huge amount. I mean, if I was to say that that was the origin of my soul, I wouldn't see why that would be a bad thing or a uh, more different than a Pleiadian or a or anything else. And it's just the projected story that has been overlaid maybe that one but you're not yeah. that that isn't what you are no <laughs> yeah but then again it becomes difficult to communicate to someone else that's your source as an angelic because they think that all that yeah exactly stuff. so exactly like when somebody asks you you know where are you from or how, how old are you or all of those kind of questions you have to give them that i'm i'm 45 years old and i'm from tacoma and that's not true. <laughs> you can't say, well, I'm an angel actually from no time. To be like, oh, I see. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> it just opens too big of a conversation, doesn't it? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. I have a question about the bodies from the angel. Are they different somehow because of? the energy that have to hold which bodies and uh, the human bodies are they different oh n well they make themselves more subtle and they're complex the human physical body is complex enough to be able to hold a, an angelic being as a soul um but some of them do not all of them, but some of them do gain weight to kind of create a buffer between themselves and the the rest of the world. Like uh, to, to be less sensitive, feel less from their environment. Um, that's quite common. Uh, yeah, it's an emotional body thing too. Um, a lot of angels try to suppress their emotions because it overtakes them. So they've learned very young, especially boys, very young, to just push it down, man. Don't 
don't express <laughs> right but some people fail terribly and they're very emotionally active you know sensitive emotionally sensitive but this is another way to disconnect from environment disconnect when, from where from from the, the outside world, from people from environment from uh, nature from gaia from all these noises well um yeah because at the moment it's not very pleasant to connect with the rest of human collective right but that's not that's not just angels i think a lot of humans have disconnected and probably the disconnect was necessary because it was so unpleasant to be connected once we started playing with negative stuff as a species thank you <laughs> i have another question that's kind of related to the at the beginning of the chapter when you were talking about um the longer i hang out with him gabriel more like a regular person he felt to me so like can you describe the difference between what he felt like before he started to feel like a regular person is that something mm. that? yeah i think that it's just a matter of getting used to it you know um and less projection because as we talked the more we talked there was less projection right the, the type of projection that i was i had when we first began, started fading away as I get to know him, right? And then he was like, just another person. Kind of like all your ideas of what an angel should be different, like from what you experienced when you were seven years old. Right. Type of thing. Oh, okay. Things you'd like maybe heard or read about or learned as you were growing up. Yeah. Those kind of, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I wonder who else is going to come out as an angel. I know. Aaron. <laughs> Kathy just did some time ago on the forum. I didn't. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> Well, I have a few ideas, but <laughs> I have a question concerning like I, my understanding is by uh, uh, reading this chapter that everything that start to exist became wants to survive. So it's like that that thing that became and wants to survive will always like infinite survive so it that thing that will never come back to dissolve to that source potentiality nothingness or i don't know what exists what is before to exist sounds like the oh yeah doesn't right um yeah so some years ago um larry and i were in europe at the time and for some reason sometimes i get this really strange authoritative 
decision-making abilities for the human collective and other species on the planet. No idea why. Anyways, we were, I was minding my own business. We were traveling in a train and suddenly this collective species comes in and they say, um, are we, do we have the right to exist? They were very negative, created. It was a created species for the human collective to have a negative experience. Uh, one of the species was created and they basically populated the human collective uh, in the areas of drama and violence and cruelty and things like that. And they fed from it too. But they, this particular species of beings were created by humans. And as we were shifting into the new paradigm, they came to me and they said, do we have a right to exist? And I said, why are you asking me? Right? It's like, because they'd been to the planetary council to request that they continue existing after the split. And the planetary council said, uh, there was like, they have a, a lot of, dynamics in that in the decision making of the planetary council so they decided to put it to a neutral person who had no attachment either way right and i'm very neutral with regards to positive or negative things i personally on my physical body prefer not to have negative things around but i don't judge me them any worse than say a positive thing they're just frequencies one is pink and one is green. There's not one that's better than the other, right? They're just different. So I guess they chose me as an impartial person to look and see if they have the right to live because they lived. Can they carry on existing because they exist? And I looked at it and I sat with it quite a long time, at least an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm making little of it, but it was a big decision. And when I looked at it, just as a matter of frequencies, I saw it and I said, no, you do not have the right to exist past the, the human decision of not having that experience anymore. And I said, but why? We exist. And the answer was, the fact that you exist does not give you the right do exist they're not one and the same <laughs> so i don't know what happened to them after that because that was the only interaction i had with them the only decision i had to take does that answer your question raymina uh, <laughs> uh partially because what i i i was curious to find out let's Let's take an example, a soul, mm -hmm. okay? A soul that became a soul, okay? But is there a possibility to stop being a soul and dissolving into nothingness or everything? You can dissolve back to oneness and the field of potentiality, yes. Okay, and it's possible to that one moment, one moment in another, to start to become again it has happened 
Yeah. It has happened that a singular soul construct has gone back to oneness and it is pulled back into otherness. So when this happened, you, you say in the book that with, um, I remember that um, when Michael uh, was experienced being a will, no, not being a will, that, that I don't know how to, you know that experience where the, the, the angel lost him, he was in a whale, in a yes. whale. <laughs> and uh, my understanding is like when the soul became, has a, a singular signature, a unique signature in all that exists. Right. So when the soul come back and became again, the signature will change or will be always like be the same. Because so, in Michael, that changed a bit. Yeah. So here's a really interesting point again. The energy signature of a singular being isn't supposed to change. And I say those words, isn't supposed to change. It does not change, right? Because that's the way the game works. The solidity game, the otherness game. However, some years ago, <laughs> <laughs> well, it was before 2011 because it was while I was still playing with mystical stuff, mystical war. And um, there was this lady who was um, wanting to do battle at a mystical level at some point. And she inadvertently followed me into a battle scene of engagement. And then we came back and she said, oh my God, I'm not prepared for this. This was a big mistake. I should have not been so arrogant. And now I'm stuck and they can see me and they can find me. And they were coming for her. And I could see them traveling through existence to get to her. And I looked at her really quickly and said, tell me something you want to change in your life. Just anything, anything. What do you want to change about yourself? And she said, well, I want to be more patient. Okay, I said, and I tweaked her energy frequency. Her eternal, forever stuck, never to be changed energy signature. I just tweaked it. And I looked at her and I said, okay, they can't find you now because it's different. And she said, great, thank you very much. And she was more patient from that day forward. And, um, and then that night, I was going to go to sleep and I get pulled out of my body into the human, God knows what collective. What did you do? I'm like, what? So you can't do that. Well, obviously I can. Right? No, that's not. You can't do that. Nobody can do that. That's not allowed. Well, obviously it is. I did it. Right? So it's like, don't do it again. Okay, I won't do it again. I didn't know you couldn't do it. <laughs> so everything is very malleable, right? Reality. Um, so these rules of engagement are very solid, but I mean, this the other thing about breaking human, like the free will thing, you know? That's a lot that's solid, man. Solidly in place of you cannot, you must not, and you cannot. It's impossible to break somebody's free will. You cannot do it. 
but I've done it in the past, you know, and then I got the consequences of that were absolutely horrendous, horrific, horrendous things. Don't do it. <laughs> but again, it's like, how come, you know, these rules that are not supposed to be broken and that eternity and stuff, you know, but do they come back with the same signature? Absolutely. Yes, they do. And their soul construct is the same. Often they come in shock. <laughs> They're shocked. I say, what am I doing back in this little, tiny, little identity squished in self? <laughs> I think we talked about this with the other book club, no? I think we talked about that experience of coming back. That it was very uncomfortable. Yes, we did. Yeah, yeah, we did. Because that one guy, that Alexander Avon or something, didn't he have that experience? Somebody did, yeah. Wrote a book yeah. about it, yeah. 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 So, Inelia, what you're saying is like the signature vibration, according to the rules, can be changed. Cannot be changed. As an agreement. But it can be changed. Well, allegedly not. Like, by the rules, by the book, by the by agreement. The and a capacity allegedly nobody can but you did the, it i no? know that was my argument it's like what are you what are you talking about it can't be done if it can't be so, done how come i did it yes yeah doesn't make sense no it so doesn't it makes zero sense <laughs> yeah somebody's a wild card around here <laughs> Open it up some new possibilities there. Hey, and ah, then you did it. I'm not play with that, I mean. I'm not going to play with that again. I mean, it was saving her <laughs> life, man. I'm not going to do that again. I don't really particularly like being pulled out of my physical body into some sort of huge collective mind thing, universal mind thing, and be get told off. It's not a very pleasant experience. <laughs> yeah. What do you think it's, you know, now that we are aware of this um, skill, this experience that you've had, then would we probably not have that being told off because we're not like playing a um, like referee or rule mm -hmm. well, part of this? Game? You know, it's like, um, it's like Nicolette was saying, it's obviously can be done now right it obviously can be done now um but to me the what i perceive is do it yourself but the, that's where you're going it's like if you feel into the essence of who i am right who am i you feel into that essence can you feel how perpetual it is how eternal it is and how unchangeable it is. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like, the, it was, the tweak was something she wanted to change, but maybe I could have just changed the, the programs in her field, right? Rather than tweaking it from the original. I don't know, because yeah, that, frequency the energy the signature the energy signature of a single person that persists through lifetime after lifetime forever forever it persists 
Oh, it feels like some people are starting to do a bit of mapping. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what will that happen to our shared experience then if we all start <laughs> tweaking our essential signature, right? And But there again, why would you do it, right? What reason do you have for it? The overlay, absolutely change that. Make it the way you want. Remove all your fear, remove all your limitations that stop you from doing good things. Remove the blocks to seeing, perceiving, sensing. Remove the blocks to gathering and keeping information and data. At that level, I think it's very useful. Question. Do you think there exists something like um, something? I, it's just uh, for expanding. Do you think there exists something like the angel of death, or is, is it just a concept? In He's not an angel. He's not an angel, or she. There's several of them actually. Um, but yeah, the one that is attached to my life is a man. But I've also met a woman, and the I just I just call them death. I don't call them angel of death, you know. But you know, he might prefer a better name like Stephen or something. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, they do exist. They're entities who will come in and assist the person in leaving their physical body and take them to the other side. Um, I had an experience several years ago, and a lot of you know this experience, of um, one of my children being in hospital, and they were close to death, and I walked into the hospital, got into their room, emergency room, and death was sitting on, this, on their bed. And I looked at him and I said, what? Are you freaking kidding me? Are you taking my kid? He says, I don't know. But you better have words with this person, your kid, because they're playing with me. And this is not a game. If they push it too far, I will have no choice. I have to take them. So I sat down with my child and I said, stop pecking around. If you want to live, live. If you want to die, die. But this type of game on the fence and pulling in death to take you and not take you and whatever. This game is not right. It's just not right. So my kid said, okay, what, what's your choice? I'm going to live. Okay. Never the they said, see ya. Bye. And he left and didn't see them around my kid again. They are not angels, they are entities with this job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that angels won't come and grab you when you're, you know, as well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> take you for a flyabout or take you home or whatever. It doesn't mean that. <laughs> but there is a, a collective, I'd say a collective that's experienced and um, very good at doing that job for us.
Thank you. Mm -hmm. I'm still not very clear on this angels as non-creators type of thing, especially when in human form. Because it feels, or at least my perception is that you need to be a creator in order to even just support yourself physically and for sustenance. So does that come from others, from the human collective in general, or does that have nothing to do with being creators mm -hmm. in general? And I'm just not being well, clear exactly what that means. I think if an angel has incarnated as a human person a lot, they can grab up the skills while they're embodied to create, right? But I don't think that they take those skills with them once they become just angelic again. But I think that's true for most souls. I think it's true for most souls that once they leave the physical body, they can't create in the physical plane. Mm. Can they create things in their most subtle planes? Yeah. When a person dies, their soul can create all universes, entire universes in the subtle planes. Or join creations that other people have created, like heavens and hell and, you know, <laughs> all the holes in the ground, <laughs> all the cabbages. <laughs> right. Also, also about the difference now between manifesting and, and creating. Do you need to be a creator or is being a manifester enough on the planet? Um, you know, it's like you're co-creating your reality moment to moment right, with oh, yeah. everybody on the planet. But then conscious manifestation and creation, that's different. That's yeah. a skill. So you can move into a forest, for example, and go through the walk through the forest and pick the berries and eat them. Right, you're living in that environment and you're co-creating a certain reality where those berries come out of the tree and into your mouth, right? Mm. Or you could go into the forest and plant seeds and wait for a year and then have a harvest. It's a different dynamic. Mm. Great analogy, thank you for that. That's very helpful. Yeah. I liked Milena's question, and it also went to the first the question that I put in seeing things from other perspective. Because, in example, I remember being a creator. Mm -hmm. I remember being a creator, and at the same time, I remember trying to see how it feels like to be an angel for a very short span experience, little fraction of time. And it felt as if maybe one angel would have left me as a placeholder. He was, or embody his structure, his angelic structure for a little while. That's why I don't identify with being an angel so much, but I think it's possible to see if you want to and they agree, perhaps, how it feels like. So all this question about creators and uh, it's, it feels very interesting. This is what I wanted to say. And I wanted to bring this dimension in exploration. That's really cool. You're very good at incarnating, huh? 
<laughs> an incarnating soul. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I think I like the human species. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, one thing that one feeling that um, Dinika also had a bit, and I think also um, Simon, I think Simon also mentioned something like that. But that feeling of ha oh, I don't have to um, create anymore. I don't have to be a creator anymore. I can just be. Yeah. So, so, yeah. but then where does that come from? Is that was that like yeah? Because I'm a human, and then you feel that you have to create or there's like some illusion or that you don't know who you really are so you you try to map to other humans and you think you have to be that or something and then yeah, when you realize what you are then you can drop that and say like, okay i don't have to do that anymore yeah that's right yeah that's that was a profound relief yes that's good <laughs> yes well all right darling yeah, so it's on, yeah oh is that simon go ahead simon I was just saying, yeah, huge relief. <laughs> okay. And um, I was going to ask a question about death. Okay, let's let's make this the last question because we're going to our hour. So let's go ahead, Simon. Um, last week you said that a soul, an angel soul, after death they will a hundred percent remember that they were an angel and go back. Is that correct? Yeah, I think that's so, what I've seen. <laughs> So that would mean they wouldn't bother playing around in these cabbage holes. <laughs> I mean, they would. They might want to, you know. But they wouldn't need to. They wouldn't be stuck there for a long time. No, no. You know, it's like they would come out. They know it's an angel saying, "Oh, look at all these cabbage." Plants. Yeah, look at all these cool things that you could do. Yeah. But no, let's go home. Yeah, <laughs> either you know, or they might come back to earth. You know, it's like. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but they do have full awareness. I haven't met one that went in between lives and didn't have full awareness of being an angel. I think it's so funny we got, we stuck with Larry's, we didn't get stuck, but we did, we stuck with Larry's image of the cabbage hole. <laughs> <It's just, laughs> yeah, yeah. The cabbage yeah. patch. Yeah. <laughs> the cabbage patch. <laughs> Anybody would be like, cabbage patch? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Well, an amazing conversation thank you everybody thank you and um, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank we'll you. see you next Saturday thank for you. chapter 5 <laughs> and maybe we can all unmute yeah. ourselves and say bye bye but unless some of you are going to stick around and have an after conversation <laughs> <laughs> yeah thank you angels for showing up it's Awesome. Thank you. 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 Thank you.